the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever near. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. The message that you are about to hear will encourage and equip all who have ears to hear to be Christians, clothed with the armor of a Gospel Defender. Ladies and gentlemen, the church needs to mind her own business because the church is a business. Now, when I say that, I know there are people who will take issue with that statement, but that is no problem with me. There is hardly anything a preacher can say these days with which someone will not take issue. So realizing that, I say it again, the church is a business. I made that statement to someone in the church one time, and you would have thought that I had committed the unpardonable sin. To suggest that the church is a business is to profane her, as far as some are concerned. I am not surprised that people do not understand this fact. After Mary and Joseph had attended the feast of the Passover in Jerusalem in Luke chapter 2, on their way back home, the word of God says they noticed that Jesus was not with their company. Verse 44 says they sought him among their relatives and acquaintances, but he was not among them. The Bible says after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus said that while he was in the temple discussing the word of God, he was doing his father's business. 
Evidently, Jesus believed in conducting religious business, after all. That is what he called his occupation in the temple for those three days. Luke's description of the response of at least his father and mother is an interesting one. They did not understand the statement that he spoke to them. There is many a person outside the church, and inside the church as far as that is concerned, who have little, if any, idea what the church's business is. Perhaps this is why the church isn't doing much business in most places these days. Her employees have no idea what her business is. There may be more than uh, these three strategies in accomplishing the business of the church, but I am ready to share these three at this time. So if you are ready, so am I. Ladies and gentlemen, in minding her own business, the church needs to mind her first order of business, which is the exaltation of the king. The church needs to mind her own business and exalt the king. Though the church is a business, she is not like any other business in the world. This is, of course, because she is not of the world. He who heads up the church is none other than Jesus Christ, who is the king. Not a king, but the king. He is the king of his church. We are told in more than one place that Jesus is head over his church. In other words, he is at the top of the organizational chart. He is called the king of kings and lord of lords in Revelation 19, verse 16. In Hebrews 1, verse 8, it is written that he sits on a throne with a scepter of righteousness in his hand, ruling over his kingdom. Unfortunately, there are some in his kingdom who do not understand what their position in the kingdom is. Simply put, their position is below the king. They are under the king. They are in positions of serving the king, not the king serving them. If we were to draw a flow chart showing the organizational structure of the church, we would see that everything flows from the king. The soul-saving blood, the soul-saving word, the soul-saving plan of salvation, the soul-saving commission, everything in the church flows from him. The writers of the New Testament clearly understood this fact. More than once, the writers of the individual books of the Bible refer to themselves as servants of Christ. We all know what a servant is. A servant is one who serves someone else. They wait on someone else. That is why we call those who serve us in a restaurant a waiter or a waitress. They wait on us. They serve us. We ask for a glass of water, and they come running. We ask for a napkin, and they come running. We ask for another fork, and they come running. Or, at least, that is what they used to do. We who are servants of the king wait on him 
because he is king and we are not. And this is the problem in many a congregation today. People have confused their everyday working relationship with others in the world with their spiritual relationship to the king. It is not the business of the king to exalt his servants. On one occasion, Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 24, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. The church's business is to exalt the king. The church is all about him and nothing about us. Sometimes we get the impression that it is all about us, but it is not. This is why we, leave, we see some people leaving the church. They think everything ought to revolve around them. The message the preacher preaches is to please them. The songs sung are to please them. Their name must be in the church bulletin. They must be in charge of a fair amount of church activities. They have their own private church pew seat, and uh, so it goes. But ladies and gentlemen, the focus of attention in the church is to be Jesus Christ the King. The church needs to mind her own business and exalt the King. Jesus said in John twelve thirty two, And I... If I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. Now I know this is in reference to his crucifixion on the cross. The next verse, John 12, 33, says so. But it is also true that if the church would lift him up, in the sense of exalting him over the whims and fancies of a few malcontents in the church, more people would be drawn to him. The church needs to exalt the king by honoring him, by telling others what he did on the cross and how he resurrected from the dead. Let's publicize what he did for us. Let people know that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. It is written in Philippians 2 verse 9 that God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. And concerning that name, Luke said in Acts 4 verse 12, There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That name, ladies and gentlemen, is Jesus the Christ. Let the church be unashamed and politically incorrect by heralding the truth that the name of Muhammad will never save anyone. Let it be known that the name of Martin Luther cannot save. Neither can the name of John the Baptist. The name of no religious leader will ever save any soul. It is the name of Jesus the Christ, and only that name that has salvation. 
proclaim it from the housetops that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. John 14, verse 6. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the business of the church, the exaltation of the king. There is a second order of business for the church, and that is the exposition of the king's word. The church needs to mind her own business and expose the word of God. The king of any kingdom issues decrees and charges to those in his kingdom. If the kingdom is to function smoothly and effectively, there must be someone over the kingdom who provides direction and guidance to the subjects of the kingdom. King Jesus Christ has a kingdom, the church, and he has issued an eternal, everlasting, unchangeable, perfect constitution by which that kingdom is to function. That constitution, ladies and gentlemen, is the Bible, the Word of God. Sadly, in many congregations, the Congregational Constitution and Bylaws, written up by her charter members of many years ago, take precedence over and carry more authority and weight than does Christ's Constitution. Particularly in the area of church government, the Bible is more often than not laid to the side and banned as a source of reference in favor of a constitution and set of bylaws that are in fact in opposition to the king's eternal constitution. A man told me one time that the church in which he had his membership had bylaws concerning the eldership that had no foundation in the word. When I asked him why didn't the church chuck the bylaws and follow the Bible, he answered, I don't know. It's just the way we have always done it around here, and I don't think the congregation would ever agree to change them. In other words, the whims of the congregation overruled the scriptures. This is one of the major reasons the church's business never gets done in some places. Men who have set up themselves as kings have written uninspired, unscriptural bylaws that usurp the king's sovereignty and the king's word, which is authoritative. Those congregations need to repent and to pray for God's forgiveness and embrace the Bible as their final and complete authority. However, before a congregation will ever do this, she must allow the preacher, the evangelist, to preach, expose the word, and do his job of setting the church in order as he has been commissioned to do by Christ in 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. In Titus chapter 1, verse 5. Ladies and gentlemen, the church's business is the exposition, the exposure of God's Word. It is the Word of God that saves. Brother James wrote in James 1, 21, that we are to receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. Brother Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1, verse 23, that we are born again not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. The business of the church, and it begins in the pulpit, is the exposition of the word of God. 
The church is to be busy preaching and teaching the Word of God. Part of the problem in the church today is that the Word of God has been minimized in importance. It is not uncommon today to hear preachers among us tell us that there should not be strong preaching from the pulpit today if we expect to win people to Christ and build up our congregational audiences. What is especially unwelcomed is preaching that is oozing with doctrine. Doctrine has no place in our preaching today, according to the so-called church growth experts. What these people forget, if they ever knew it in the first place, is that the conversion of souls never was intended to be done within the sacred walls of 21st century temples, but out in the highways and byways. The preaching from behind the pulpit on Sunday morning and at one time Sunday evening is primarily for the church, not for the lost. The church is begging for the exposition of God's Word. The church hungers and thirsts for the exposition of the Word. She is sick because of the psychobabble that is coming from today's pulpits. The king is exalted when his word is exposed. The word is hidden in many church buildings today in fear that if it be brought out from under whatever is hiding it, it might hurt someone's feelings or result in someone leaving the church. Ladies and gentlemen, the word of God is designed to save, not soothe, to save, not stroke, to save, not salve someone's conscience. The New Testament church is being duped, deceived, and deluded into believing a lot of false denominational doctrinal junk because of the failure to lovingly but boldly expound the king's message. It is a sign of the times in which we live that we are more embarrassed with the preacher exposing the word of God from behind the pulpit than we are in how our members expose their anatomy and sinful lifestyles before the eyes of the unsaved. We have discussed two facets of the church's business, the exaltation of the king and the exposition of the king's word. One final item of business needs to be considered before we end this message. The third order of church business is the expansion of the king's kingdom. I suppose that we could list on a piece of paper several goals that the church is designed to accomplish. We have listed two of them already. But this third item on the church's business agenda is cru crucial. If we are not busy about the business of expanding the king's kingdom, I fail to understand what we have been left behind in this world to do. In some places, people are more concerned about improving the building in which they meet than in building the kingdom of God. I labored in a church one time that was full of dead men's bones. The so-called leadership was dead. The members were dead. Even the plants and the shrubbery outside the building were dead. They told me that what we need is some excitement in church. We need something going on. We need some kind of building program. It seems as if the last time that church was really excited about anything was when they were going through their building program for the building in which they were meeting for worship. According to them, if some brick and mortar or some boards and nails were involved, the church would come alive. When I suggested that what was really needed was 
some names of people upon whom we could call and some addresses where home Bible studies could be started, there was nothing but a ho-hum and a ta-ta. That's the way it is in many congregations. The business of the church is not erecting mausoleums for dead men's bones. The business of the church is saving dead men, men who are dead in their sins and trespasses. The business of the church is saving people from an eternal hell. The business of the church is seeing people respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ after hearing the exposition of the word about the exalted person and position of Jesus Christ. The gospel is still exciting to see men and women and boys and girls surrender their lives to the king is exciting. To be in the assembly of Christ's people where the word is proclaimed, where the saints pray and sing songs of praise and fellowship and hug and shake hands with dearly beloved brethren is exciting, unless, of course, you are dead. In that case... You need to pray for a personal revival and maybe one for the entire congregation. We are told that the early church went everywhere preaching the word. Most churches today are going nowhere because they go nowhere preaching the word. In some cases, not even the preacher is interested anymore. Have we heard the great commission of the church so many times that our ears have become deaf and hardened to it? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You do not have to be behind a pulpit to do that. As a matter of fact, most people are won to Christ by those who never grace a pulpit. The best way to exalt the Christ is by bringing souls to him for a cleansing of their sins. Christ is lifted up when men and women and boys and girls are told about his love and his sacrifice for them. Christ is exalted when the multitudes are pricked in their heart by the preaching of the word and brought to repentance with a willingness to confess their faith in him and then to be immersed in water for the remission of their sins to allow Christ to live in their lives through the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. The expansion of God's kingdom never happen, ladies and gentlemen, until God's people exhort the lost to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. After Peter preached his well-known message in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says the people were cut to the heart and asked, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter gave them God's plan of salvation. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But he did not stop there. The Bible goes on to say that with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Ladies and gentlemen, the church needs to mind her own business and exhort the lost to come to Christ for salvation from their sins and to receive eternal life. There is plenty of room in the kingdom for hundreds of thousands more, but 
This will never happen until the church begins to mind her own business. And it starts by exalting the king, exposing the king's word, and uh, expanding the king's kingdom. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh speaking, and you have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the gifts of Christians and churches of Christ to help us to preach all of the word to all of the world. Remember, thus saith the Lord, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. If you would like to receive a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message, or be added to our mailing list for our bi-monthly Gospel Defender Journal, write to us today. All of these materials are free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, zip 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at www.gospel-defender.org. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please take the time to do it right now. And now until next time at this same time, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.